Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Oheb Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. And this week, we begin a new book, Sefer Shmot, which tells of the exodus of the Jewish people from their enslavement in Egypt. And it begin, that part of the exodus begins when God appears to Moshe at the burning bush in the third chapter of this week's Parsha. And God says to Moshe, Ra'o ra'iti et oni ami. I have seen, the double language of seen, the suffering of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries and I now know their pain or their suffering. And so that is the statement of God that is what then leads God to charge Moshe with going back to to Egypt and to redeem the people. And of course, begins the long conversation of Moshe saying, no, I'm not ready, etc. Now, I wanted to consider, to look at this verse and say, what is the significance of God appearing to Moshe and saying, I've seen the suffering, I've heard their cries, and I now know their pain. Now, to me, I was really struck by this verse because the role that the word ra'ah, to see, plays in this parsha is a vast one. And we see it used in many different contexts. First, Moshe's mother sees all the, you know, the, the babies are supposed, the male babies are supposed to have been killed by now. Moshe's mother, she sees that the baby, she sees that there's something special about him, that she sees that he is good. And so she builds this little basket for him in order to save his life. And then shortly thereafter, once it is floating in the water, Paro's daughter sees the basket and then saves the baby. Now, we discussed last year about just exactly how profound a statement it was that Paro's daughter, the daughter of the person who's ordained that Jewish babies be killed, sees the injustice of that and actually rebels against him and saves this baby. And so, so far, the word see applies to people who are defying cruel orders and saving a life in the process. And then immediately afterwards, we transition from Paro taking this baby, Moshe, she names him Moshe, and takes him into her home. And then the next thing we know about Moshe is Vaigdal Moshe, that Moshe grew up, Vayete El Echav, and he went out to his brothers, Vayar Besivlo Tam, and he witnessed their suffering. Vayar Ishmitri Maket Ivri Mechav. And then he saw an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew, one of his kinsmen. And so, of course, we know what does he do? He looks around, he sees that there's no one else there. And so he kills the man. So this is very significant, I think, because like we said, the word ra'ah comes up in the beginning, setting the stage for the story of the Exodus. The dynamic that exists is... Paro is enslaving the Israelites. Paro is cruel. Paro is seeing a group of people and trying to systematically disenfranchise them, enslave them, and break down their spirit and literally cause them to cease to exist from the world. The people who try to fight this cruelty and fight the system, Moshe's mother, Paro's daughter, and then Moshe himself when he grows up, are all engaging in acts of resistance, but not only acts of resistance, acts of empathy towards those Israelites and seeing their humanity and fighting for their humanity and refusing to accept, accept excuse me, the system as it was. And so then actually, I, I find it 
noteworthy at best and problematic at worst, to then see that it's not until the last verse in chapter two that God finally sees. It says, Vayar Elohim at B'nai Israel, Elohim. God looked upon the Israelites and God took notice of them. And then a few verses later, God appears to Moshe at the snat, the burning bush, and says the verse that we opened with, that I've seen their suffering and I've heard their cries and now I know their pain. And so I think that this is a problem that we really have to deal with. And I was struck also when researching this at what, the way that ha, the Rav Moshe Lichtenstein, on a, in a piece on um, etzion.org, Gush's website, the way that he describes Moshe. And he says, on the first day, upon encountering the Egyptian, whip in hand, Moshe immediately reacts to the injustice, and he struck the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. No questions are asked, no discussion need to be had, and no second thoughts ensue. He acts on the spot, burning with zealousness for justice and morality. All his feelings of justice and truth are aroused and find immediate expression. Now, I think that we probably all intuit this, but I think it's important to see Rev Lichtenstein um, articulate this the exact way that he does. Because with this description of Rev Moshe Lichtenstein, we have to accept that yes, Moshe did Dafka see this exact injustice, just like his mother, his birth mother, and just like his adopted mother, Batparo. They all saw that there was a right and a wrong and they wanted to side with the right and against the wrong. So what does it mean that God only expresses this decades after it had initially began? Ramosha was with Yitro for a very, very, very long time. He had to flee Egypt after Paro found out that he had killed the Egyptian when he was still probably a young man. And now it's been forever that he's been with Yitro, far away from this. And only now does God see the suffering. Now, I don't have a conclusion today to explain this. I wanted to offer this as an intention for us while we read the Parsha, and especially while we read the Parsha and consider Moshe's resistance to this job. We all think maybe means he had a lisp. He's anxious about speaking publicly. But I think it's also important to consider, is there a possibility that Moshe is also just really frustrated and doesn't understand what took God so long? And there's Malbim also, the Malbim has a, a very long exposition on this. And he includes, he cites a Midrash also, that a king, there was a king, as lots of our Midrashim about God, have the image of a king. And the king had a son and he saw that the son was kind of, uh, you know, he was enjoying himself. He uh, He's just kind of hanging out. He's going on trips and he's just wasting time and he's sort of pursuing his own impulses. And he's just not really acting the way that the son of a king and certainly a future king should act. And so the king decided, you know what? My son, he's got to get used to work, he's got to get used to labor so that he can handle the all of the work and the the, the toil of the role of being king later in life when I when I die. And so, what did he do according to this midrash? He therefore he this king gave his son to a man who would give him a lot of work and a lot of labor and a lot of training in this. And he says, well, and the midrash says, well, so the son would he would write letters home every day. 
and complain about all of the, the suffering that this man inflicted on him, that he was enslaving him too harshly. But the king, he didn't listen to his son's complaints because that's, that, yeah, that, that's good, right? He wanted his son to learn these things, right? And so it didn't become a problem. But then after a while, according to the Midrash, the man began to, to strike the, son, the king's son more harshly and give him crueler work. And then the son, he told his father about that. And then, according to this Midrash, his father then finally went to see for himself if this matter was true. And what does he see? That this man was afflicting his son much more than he was supposed to. And this, the Malbim says, or the Midrash says, that's what Bayar Lokim Bnei Israel is referring to. That God finally, that's when God finally saw that the suffering had gotten out of control. So what does this Midrash mean? What this Midrash says is that in the beginning, with all of the suffering that Bapar'o, Moshe's mother, and Moshe himself saw, that was the suffering that God had and signed the Israelites up for, right? That was the suffering that God felt that the Israelites needed in order to inculcate a sense of discipline and a commitment to hard work. But after a time, once Paro made things worse, that's when God saw the suffering and said, you know what? This is too much. This is out of control. We have to get them out of here. Now, before we discuss maybe the more problematic aspects of this, I do think it is interesting to consider and just remind ourselves that from the time the, that Yosef's brothers arrive in Egypt, they're set up in the land of Goshen and they're living there as a community, not part of the Egyptian society, and also not part of the suffering of the Egyptian society. Yosef makes <clears throat> the rest of the Egyptians into basically serfs of the land and of the kingdom. Um, and they, they get their land, but they don't really have rights over it. And they have to give everything, they have to pay a huge tax to the king, etc. The Israelites, most of these brothers are never subjected to that. They're actually living in a much better off than all the actual Egyptians. And so this Midrash is saying something here about how God saw that and said, you know what? These, this is not a group of people that knows hard work. This is not a group of people that knows subjugation, what it means to actually not control your own lives. Ironically enough, in the beginning, they were exempt from all of the things that the Egyptians were not exempt from. The Egyptians, ironically, they were the ones who knew hard work. It was the Israelites who did not know hard work. And so God was okay, God signed them up for a certain level of, of hard work, of even enslavement in order to create within them that sense of hard work, of appreciation, of what it, of commitment, um, of not really just getting to live off the fat of the land and and enjoy themselves in the interim, but it got out of control, and that is when God stepped up. But the question that I I still haven't really resolved for myself yet is that I want to leave you all with today is well, if that's the case then were Bapar'o and Moshe's mother and Moshe himself, were they right in seeing injustices that were being perpetrated or were they wrong? Perhaps were they too sensitive to those injustices 
Now, God forbid, I would think it's a very dangerous thing for someone to say that someone else is too sensitive to another person's injustices. When we don't take other people's suffering seriously, it can lead to all sorts of terrible things that we see constantly in our world. But it is something that is interesting to consider. Was God late in recognizing the suffering or the Israelites? Or was Moshe, his mother, and Ba Paro, were they too early? Shabbat shalom.